Howdy. If you haven't already, make sure to follow us on all the socials. We are at History and Film on Instagram and HIF Pod on Twitter. My personal Twitter account is at TrackNerds, and you can always email me at Simmons at TrackNerds.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to History and Film. I'm Rich Simmons. And I'm Logan Denning. And we have kind of wrapped up our initial project with this podcast where we examined all of world history, kind of one movie at a time, did a, well, it was at least 100, 120 movies and just kind of did them chronologically. And now in lieu of kind of a fourth season wrap up, we're kind of looking at the whole of world history again and kind of recap. And we came up with kind of a tournament. So kind of Logan, explain what we're doing with this. Yeah, so this is a... It's a tournament to determine who is the most interesting person that we covered in the series leading up to this. So the criteria kind of was that they had to be at least mentioned in any of the episodes that we did. So not the, not all of these are people that we did entire episodes about, but they are at least mentioned uh, in the episodes. And we split it up. So there's four, uh, if, you, if you envision a kind of a... March Madness style bracket. There's four regions, and those are all split up chronologically. So the first region is the Ancient Ones region, and that is from the dawn of time to 1066. Then we have the second region, which is Medieval on Your Ass, and that is 1066 to the Renaissance, so about 1564. Then we have the third region is the Enlightened Industrialists. I'm Pretty impressed that I said that correctly on my first try, uh, <laughs> which is uh, Renaissance to 1900. And then the final region, which is 1900 to the present, is modern times. So initially our plan was to kind of maybe make this match each season or each quarter of the World History Project, but that just made it far too 20th century to present heavy. So we did kind of shift it a little bit to match that. And... Uh, yeah, and the 1564 actually matches the uh, death of Michelangelo, who we discussed in The Agony and the Ecstasy. So just kind of, right. it was somewhat arbitrary, but that's kind of the name of the game here is somewhat arbitrary. And and, and, <laughs> yeah. and by restricting to people we had at least mentioned in the podcast, that kind of helped us not just feel like we were, you know, fighting everyone ever to figure out even right. who to focus because on. It's- it's figuring out who is the most interesting person out of literally every person that's ever existed. So <laughs> right. giving us pretty much all of the constraints that we could give ourselves, it, it helped us more than it hindered us for sure. Yes. And so uh, the one we kind of agreed that we couldn't include, but we wanted to give a nod to is Leonardo da Vinci. He never really came up in the podcast. There's not a really good movie about Leonardo da Vinci. So we are kind of naming this award the the Leonardo da Vinci Most Interesting Person in History Award or Tournament. Because in my opinion, I think I think he's the winner. I mean, I think that he <laughs> is. If, if we did this, you know, if we didn't limit ourselves to people that we had covered, I think he wins easily. But uh, since we didn't cover him specifically in an episode, uh, he's he's not going to be in it. Right. And, and again, it's completely arbitrary. We are going to butcher this. Everyone's going to complain, but it's more just kind of a fun intellectual or not so intellectual exercise right. as we kind of go through <laughs> this. So uh, we will run through the names, I think, in each region real quick. I was going to say real quick before we run through all the names, uh, I just wanted to uh, make sure that we 
shout out Rex Factor as one of the inspirations for the kind of uh, the idea of doing a tournament style finale, if you will, to our uh, world history and film podcast in the first place. Yes, they did the same thing with the monarchs of England and are, are on to other countries uh, since then. But yes, it was kind of a fun little breakdown. And uh, yes, yeah, so yeah, they kind of helped inspire this idea. So once we kind of figured out our eight names from each region, we seeded them just by our perceived notoriety, like who we thought was just the most famous or the most household type names. And so that so it could kind of play into some interesting upsets, but we shall see. And of course, Logan and I will inevitably have different criteria on how we are interpreting this but we'll we'll, we'll touch on that here again here too once we once we get started with today's matchups so in the ancient ones region and just running down in the order that they're listed in the in the bracket here we have jesus the trung sisters out of vietnam cleopatra spartacus alexander the great osaka the great julius caesar and Ramses II, or Ramses the Great. A lot of, lot of great A lot of people. greats <laughs> in the ancient, on the ancient ones, yeah. In the medieval on your ass bracket, at the top, number one seed, we have Genghis Khan. Then Pope Julius II, Robert the Bruce, Henry VII, yes, the seventh, Joan of Arc, Empress Matilda, Vlad the Impaler, and Isabella of France. Bless you, Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> the enlightened industrialists are Napoleon, Catherine de' Medici, Helen Keller, I guess the child version of Helen Keller to fit her in the timeline here, Ivan the Terrible, Mozart, Cardinal Richelieu, Queen Elizabeth I, and Wyatt Earp. And then for the modern times bracket, uh, that's from 1900 to present, we have uh, Gandhi, uh, Ava Perone, T.E. Lawrence, it Man, Winston Churchill, John Glenn, Nelson Mandela, and Emperor Puyi. Okay, so just, and because we know this is going to take a little bit of time, we wanted to kind of split this up. So for today, we are just going to get into our first two matchups, and we'll try to do two matchups each time. So, and this is where part of the fun is, our first matchup is Jesus Christ, <laughs> the inspiration for the foundation of Christianity, Versus the Vietnamese Trung sisters who ruled Vietnam in uh, the first century A.D., not long after the death of Christ. Okay, so yes, before we get into our how are we, because ultimately this is going to be decided just by how Logan and I personally feel about each matchup, but we have not talked about this ahead of time. But first I want to give just the impartial for and against why each person here is the most interesting person in history or or not, as the case may be. So... The case for Jesus is probably an obvious one. He's, I mean, what year is it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's almost all you have to say. Like, so now, uh, ironically, it's kind of wrong. He's actually born in four BC, and we just never corrected. But yeah, so he is, you know, the foundation for Christianity, basically the most popular religion 2,000 years after he died. And that in and of itself is is fascinating. Uh, what else would you say is as the case for Jesus as the most interesting person? Uh, well, I mean, for me, um, and this is something we're going to see as we get into it, but staying power is, I think, huge. So like you said, you know, Christianity is still the dominant religion on the planet 2,000 years later, but also... All of the historical events that happened because of Christianity or in the name of Christianity, I think, also kind of gives him points on the interesting scale 
but then also just the all of the legend and everything surrounding him as a person and think that that i don't know i mean there's even if he didn't do all of the miraculous and supernatural things that has been you know that he was purported to do uh the fact that people still wrote that about him i think says a lot right right and then now the case against would be i guess arguably the fact that how much was it about him versus the mystique of him and if we're talking about the life that he personally lived did it stand out from a historical standpoint when you remove the supernatural from it does it stand out that much and is it is he more of just the banner that people were waving and it was almost a matter of circumstance that it happened to be him as opposed to anything he in particular did. Again, I'm not saying that's right I'm just because because kinda. when you look at when you look at like his life versus someone like Cleopatra, who we're going to talk about, like how many historical events and stuff like that was he actually involved in at the time of his life while he was alive? And some of that is kind of hard because so much of what so much of the information and stories that we have about Jesus, it's it's kind of a debated how much of it is actually literally true and how much of it is just like legend written after the fact because of trying to sp- spread christianity right and and i and i should note even the vast majority of even secular historians do agree there was a historical person called jesus and yes th- there there are a few circles out there that kind of tried to maybe debunk that he ever existed but that's more of the extreme so it, again even even non-christian impartial historians by and large agree yes this was a real person multiple sources point to him yeah yeah even like contemporary historians of the time wrote about wrote about him so it's he's real as certain (laughs) we are just about as certain as we can be that he actually existed i mean there's a lot of stuff that we know about him for instance that we don't even know about someone like alexander the great so right yeah okay um so that that's kind of the impartial case for and against the trung sisters so Again, almost starting with the case against is the fact that probably no one listening to this has heard of them, unless you remember us mentioning them in our Vietnam episode, which this one's actually kind of a cheat. We never did a full episode on the Truong Sisters. I just kind of dug them up when I was uh, researching Vietnam for our platoon episode. But I did find it fascinating that nearly 2,000 years ago, you had uh, two sisters that did rule Vietnam for a short period of time. And I just kind of couldn't believe that we hadn't heard of them. We definitely wanted to get as many women on the list as possible because, unfortunately, history has written out a lot of the interesting women or they kind of relegated them to uh, a backseat to men who were given more power. And the fact that these these women did rule Vietnam in a time where it wasn't like that was so culturally different that they were more open to having female leaders because, in fact, you know, part of the reason that they didn't last or after they were ousted from power people kind of said well that's what we get for putting women in charge like that's what they were saying at the time so it wasn't like they were in a woke society it's like no they just kind of there was uh, uh rebellions against the han china control of you know northern vietnam and they were kind of part almost like william wallace basically you had right. sister william wallace's fighting against the chinese and ending up in control of vietnam and then being female kind of it almost lent a little success to them because like the older uh, Trung sister, 
she was part of like an initial rebellion against the Han Dynasty, but they didn't execute her. They only executed her husband because in the eyes of the Han Dynasty, oh, she's just a woman. She's just a dude's wife. Like, we don't got to worry about her. Uh, actually, she comes back with her sister and like wrecks them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yes, you know, the fact that they didn't hold it for long, I don't think is particularly important. It, it's almost, I mean, just the fact no, that they did it, it all. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, you think about like they were fighting one of the most powerful dynasties in history, the Chinese Han Dynasty. But the fact that they were able to, you know, rule Vietnam for any amount of time is impressive. Right. If, if, it, if it had been, you know, six weeks, it would have been impressive. But right. yeah, it, was, it was a few years. And then uh, ultimately, now actually the source is different because they are written about by both Vietnamese sources and uh, Chinese sources. Yes. And if I'm understanding correctly, basically the Chinese sources like to say that they were captured and beheaded. But then the Vietnamese sources say basically they lost and committed suicide. Right. And the, even the Vietnamese sources and this see and this when we're talking about stuff that happened thousands of years ago. Right. Uh, this in this bracket, it's going to be kind of hard to determine like, oh, well, how much of this is literally true and how much of this is just like tall tale storytelling to try and make these people sound awesome. Because when you hear about from the Vietnamese sources that, uh, with, you know, they were defeated and instead of letting themselves be captured they killed themselves well some people say yeah they ran into the river and drowned to avoid being captured and you know killed and made an example of but then other people other sources say they literally just ascended into the clouds (laughs) so (laughs) so who's who's to say (laughs) right which is more interesting (laughs) yes versus when it's you know gandhi and we can read his autobiography it's it's a little it's a little different yeah you're right so we we do need to kind of maybe take that into account but i think that's why it's made good to divide them up into regions here to start with but yeah i mean yeah you think about epic though it's basically like if you believe the vietnamese side it's like straight out of crashing tiger hidden dragon where they they jump down into the hot young river so as not to surrender to the han like just like right epic like suicide from a cliff down into the river floor and below and just and just disappear and into legend and anyway it's it's kind of fun so yeah now the debate i don't know what so basically what we've before we get into i guess what we say what will and i have kind of decided as far as debating this if we agree it's done we agree we move on if we disagree we'll talk it out a little bit and see if maybe one of us can sway the other and if we're at a stalemate, uh, this first round, <clears throat> we've talked about maybe just doing a blind uh, blind bidding system where we each have, say, 100 points over the course of the first round to distribute about how passionately maybe you feel about deciding the, the coin toss. And maybe we'll figure out some other things in subsequent rounds. So I guess which way would you vote here, Logan? Jesus versus the Trunk Sisters. Who's who's more interesting? I think that this is, I think that we're starting off with an upset. I think the Trung Sisters are more interesting. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I, I know that I literally just said when we were talking about Jesus that, oh, yeah, staying power is huge to me. And the fact that we talk about him 2,000 years later, and I've never heard of the Tring sisters before, you know, before we talked about them on the podcast, like, it's close, right? But I think that the, I think that the story of the Tring sisters is more compelling. Because, so think, I guess, think about it this way. Besides, so obviously more movies have been made about Jesus and the Tring Sisters. I don't think there's any movies made about the Tring Sisters, at least none that I know of. Right, But there right. needs to be. True. One. So we can be their advocate. <laughs> right. There needs to be. And also, if you had to make a movie about Jesus, but you can't use like any of the stories that are considered, you know, fantastical or supernatural, what do you even make a movie about? Right. Versus the Trung Sisters 
They were raised by their ruler father in a society where women are... So in the Vietnamese society of the time, not in the Chinese society, but in in the uh, Vietnamese society, women were... They were basically equal. They could own property. They could be leaders. They could be judges. But they took that even to like the next level because when Trung Trac and her sister started ruling after Trung Trac's husband was assassinated, they you know, started assembling this army and everything, and they appointed, like, 60 female generals. Like, they made it a point Mm. to get women more in charge, including their mom, actually. They made their (laughs) mom a general in their army. (laughs) And then they, you know, fought the Chinese. They fought one of the most powerful dynasties in all of history, and they won. And they were eventually defeated later, but it's just, I can't believe I've never heard about, like, they're so interesting that I can't believe I've never heard about them before, and I can't believe that there aren't, like, tons of movies made about them. At least one. I mean, at least one. <laughs> so, so this is fascinating because I, in my mind, I was just like, oh, you know, they're very interesting. But this first round, I'll just plan on voting Jesus with Logan. <laughs> like, I 100% was convinced that we would have this debate. We would like the Trung sisters, but we'd be like, well, but again, it's 2021 because Jesus. Yes, but that, but again, like, it's huge, but that's... I think that's the only thing that's carrying him even that far. No, it's fascinating. And so, what's, again, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I'm just saying I planned on voting for Jesus because I assumed you were, and we would just kind of rubber stamp it and move on. The fact that you're willing to go Trung makes me 100% willing to go Trung. <laughs> and it is the... It, this, this is Virginia losing in the first round of the NCAA tournament as the yeah. one seed. Yeah. Are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I mean, that's my vote, and I'm not. I'm not trying to be a contrarian or anything here. But like, I think when you read their story, like when you read their stories as historically accurate as possible, based on what we actually know actually happened, I think the Trung sisters are far more interesting in their time. They don't have any staying power. I mean, like none, right? Because I mean, we we we're talking about them, but they're not. They're not Jesus. It's not you know the year of our Lord. 2000 and whatever the trung sisters were born like you know the catholic church and the crusades no one was no one was fighting battles for the trung sisters thousands of years later and and so again i'm willing to vote that way i just i almost want to make a last ditch effort so our audiences knows we fought for jesus (laughs) 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 but uh i just so again from a from a secular standpoint i'm just trying to figure out so you basically have a nobody born in the middle east as the son of a carpenter right who believes enough in the love of his God that he preaches it in such a counter, almost like a revolutionary way, right? Even right. historically, yeah. you would say that you know, society is this way. He's like, uh, no, you know what? I think the, the way is the love of God. And right. again, I'm saying this secularly. I'm not saying this is personal belief. This is just from, from what his life was. He then gains a following that becomes very passionate about the, what he's preaching. And right. instead of recanting, he gets crucified for it. Gets crucified. And then his followers are so inspired by him. He's so charismatic and his message is so powerful and resonates with so many people that today we have the Catholic Church. Right. And yeah. all the rest of Christianity and everything that ensued, you know. But yeah, I get, but I guess you're right. But at the same time, there were other prophets. It's all about the staying power and the staying power wasn't necessarily about his his life. And yeah, you're right. There probably are other people who have started poor and kind of become famous is that basically from a historical standpoint minus the fact that we even do our years even non-christian countries 
do their years <laughs> the same the right. same way. Right. And and like the staying power is huge. And I right. think that that's in subsequent brackets, that's probably going to be one of the things that I consider like, <laughs> really, really heavily. But I just think that if you look at, if you just take Jesus's time on earth and the Trung sisters time on earth, that the Trung sisters are far more interesting. They're the more point, interesting. Their their story is more compelling to the point that the staying power of Jesus, while it's close, doesn't quite outweigh how compelling the Trung sister story is. Again, like I said, I expect to just rubber stamp Jesus along with you. But if you're if you're advocating for the Trung, I'm actually an easy sell because I almost kind of wanted to do it from a contrarian standpoint and did not expect you in the slightest to go that way. So we're 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 call, we're calling it the, the Trunk Sisters yes. upset Jesus <laughs> in the first matchup for the most interesting people in history. Is it I unfair this... that they're they're the only ones that are two? It's actually two people. Is that is that so they they, they double teamed him? That's not fair. <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh wow wow okay I'm I'm kind of in shock. This is this is cool because this is exactly what is possible when we are voting on them based on how interesting they are but they were seated based on their notoriety so i think that's what's gonna allow there's gonna be i think a few upsets like this okay okay and i and i i think i've kind of earmarked a few this was just not one i saw coming okay so yes they advance to the next round where they will face the winner of our next matchup cleopatra who is uh the last pharaoh of egypt basically and had uh trysts with both julius caesar and mark antony of the roman empire mm-hmm. uh versus spartacus who himself was rivaled against the roman empire as a slave a couple generations before cleopatra was alive who revolted against uh rome and kind of gave the roman army fits for several years as he kind of rampaged along the italian countryside and this is kind of cool because I, I don't know how much this is probably going to happen a lot more in the later brackets. But the fact that we have Dawn of Time to 1066 and these two people were alive at the same time, I think is kind of cool. Alive at the same time in the same part of the world. Uh, do they actually overlap? They overlap by like two years. But Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. That is interesting. I didn't realize that they did actually overlap. Yes, so the case for Cleopatra and man, even in trying to be impartial, I think this is a pretty strong one. Name a woman who yep. predates Cleopatra who's a household name. I'm stumped. I would say name a woman who predates Cleopatra and like most people probably couldn't do it. <laughs> just right, just right. any woman. Right. So that's that's almost the whole case for her. Now at the same time though, you can make the same argument about Jesus. He's a household name. We just had him get beat. So but so more right. specifically, uh Cleopatra was again the the last the last of the ruling line of Egypt before it got folded into the Roman Empire. But then she was so connected with the Roman Empire, she literally had a kid with Julius Caesar, which again, how do you not hear that growing up? It's like, yeah, you hear about Cleopatra and Julius Caesar from the time you're in grade school. But I didn't find out probably until I was in college that they actually had a kid together. Yeah. Whose name was Caesarian, which Caesarian. means little Caesar, and he founded the pizza chain, and everyone <laughs> get their hot and ready pizzas. They don't even know that that was founded by Cleopatra, Julius Caesar's kid. Uh, so that right there, there's staying power. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good point. Um, 
But yeah, so yeah, she was, she and, and, and so yeah, we discussed her in the movie Cleopatra, which again, some of these things are surprisingly accurate. And if anything, as I mentioned in that episode, things were more interesting than even in the movie. So like, I remember the the one that kind of stood out, and I was reminded of doing the, some of the research here again was when she comes to Rome, and it's kind of a big deal. They always have to do these Roman processions anytime you know someone came back with something interesting, whether it's you know a a, a prisoner or a friend or whatever it was. They you know proceed with them down parade style and they do that in the movie cleopatra and it's actually one like this huge budget you know scene with cleopatra coming into rome (laughs) what's left out of the movie is that she would have been with her little brother slash husband (laughs) at the time yeah and and then had other siblings that are left completely out of the movie that rivaled her for her her crown or throne in egypt that were exiled and later executed and all kinds of things anyway so uh and then also too there's you know just recently now we're recording this in january and i'm actually not sure if it'll post before this uh summer of 2021 but there's a little controversy recently because they just cast i guess gal gadot to play cleopatra in a new movie version of it and there's a little controversy because well hey she's not egyptian and then the historians are like raising their hand like yeah Yeah, neither was cleopatra Cleopatra. She was Greek. Yeah. Uh, well, she was Macedonian. Well, yeah. So it's t- it ties it, yeah it ties into the whole Alexander the Great thing that mm-hmm. one of when after the death of Alexander, his kingdom was divided up to kind of the generals in each of the different regions. Well, Ptolemy was the general in charge of Alexandria and Egypt and everything, and so Cleopatra is one of his descendants. Right. Uh, and so they kind of were ruling Egypt at this time. And anyway, so. And uh, the case against, I would say, is just kind of reading through this that it's kind of maybe unclear at times how much agency she had and how much she was just kind of along for the ride and used yeah. as maybe a figure in the background of these men. I don't know if that's necessarily fair, but it's you can definitely read it that way. Yeah, it's almost like uh, when we talk about Joan of Arc. Yes. It's, it's, it's kind of unclear how much she was actually doing and how much influence she actually had versus how much she was just kind of almost like a a mascot, which sounds kind of uh, demeaning, degrading. but right, yeah. But yeah. also, she was a woman in you know seventy BC. So okay, and then looking at Spartacus, the case for hey, one of the all time great movie lines, right? I am Spartacus. The yep. fact that a slave. You know, talk about coming from relative obscurity and still a household name and maybe different than... So, look at the three we've talked about so far. Jesus, yes, came from nothing but huge staying power. Right. Strung sisters did rule Vietnam, but no one's heard of them. Right. Cleopatra, staying power, but was born into royalty. So, Spartacus kind of is unique in that born in obscurity and then not through like... I guess similar to Jesus, and they got a following, but it was less philosophical, I guess, in a way. And he was basically just fighting for freedom. Now, they do say he didn't necessarily like have the cause of, we're not trying to get rid of slavery all through Italy. It might have been more just kind of like a, hey, I don't want to be a slave, so me and a bunch right. of my buddies are going to take over and fight because it's fun right. to fight. <laughs> and, and we, Right, and also, you know, it's like, a well, we don't really care about, you know, ending slavery as an institution in Rome or anything. But we have a lot better chance of escaping if we have 90,000 dudes versus if we have 70. So I'm going to start this slave rebellion because maybe then I can go north of the Alps and, like, get out of here. Right, right. 
so it it is kind of crazy that this whole the whole Spartacus thing really happened. Like, yeah, the movie's not 100% accurate, but if anything, it was just it was just longer. The movie kind of condenses it that where there was multiple campaigns and anyway, yeah, just it was uh it was the one I think that the, the coolest thing that I still can't believe the movie left out is like this one part where they ambushed a bunch of Romans by like rappelling down from a volcano yeah. to sneak into the Roman camp. Now again, I guess from a budget constraint standpoint, you're not going to put that into a movie from yeah. 1960, but holy cow, that's awesome. <laughs> well, and this is another kind of like tangentially related to another historical event, but the mountain where they after they escape Capua is Mount Vesuvius, which we oh, know right. is the mount right. that erupted and destroyed Pompeii and they're still like you know, huge uh, archaeological digs and stuff going up. Like, it's a very famous volcano. And it's also just, you know, happened to be the mountain that Spartacus and his homies were camped out on after they escaped their gladiator school. Right. Just about 150 years before it destroyed the city of Pompeii. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kind of crazy. The case against Spartacus would be, I guess, from my point of view, it's, it's just kind of this one thing. He was a slave yeah. who revolted against the Romans. Right. That's kind of it. Like, right. we don't ha- we don't really know much about him other than he did that thing. And he wasn't really he wasn't really involved in yeah in more historical events like Cleopatra was, you know, <laughs> so many ascended yeah. to the throne at eighteen, but then she had to flee to Syria because her brother was going to kill her. Well, then she gets an army of mercenaries and comes back and defeats him. And like that could be like its own thing just by itself. But that's like before she's even twenty years old. And right. then she convinces, well, at that same time, she convinced Julius Caesar to help fight her brother. And that's how she meets him. Then she goes to Rome and is like a side character in Julius Caesar getting murdered. I mean, not responsible for it or anything, but like she's right. there she was at in that Rome time. at the time, right. Then she has to dip out because her husband just got killed, who's Julius Caesar, and then goes back to Egypt. And then she is instrumental in the victory of the triumvirate of Mark Antony Octavian and Lepidus, because she sends some of her legions that are still in Egypt, sends them to Rome, and then, you know, seduces Mark Antony, who leaves his third wife for her, and his fourth wife. <laughs> he, he leaves his third wife, goes to see her, gets uh, stuck in this marriage like a uh, arranged like an arranged marriage that. type deal for an alliance to Octavian's sister, but then he's like, mm, nope, I... I want more of that Cleopatra that I had in <laughs> Egypt. So he ditches his fourth wife too. And she has a kid with him and it's just, and then she, you know, it's like one of the most famous stories ever because she just did all of this super interesting stuff and was involved in all of these events. And I, so I think that that is what is going to give her more of an edge over Spartacus that is, I mean, he, he did a lot of cool stuff, but it was all in that one event of that, uh, the servile war in Rome leading that slave revolt and they even kind of talk about that even saying spartacus was the singular leader of the rebellion is maybe a little bit of the romans just kind of interpreting how they structured things and assuming the slaves are structuring things as well so if spartacus is leading the main force he must be in charge of everyone versus it might not even have been that way and it might have been more just like yeah he was one of the five guys in charge but not necessarily Right. any more special as far as responsibility for the revolt. He's just the one who kind of got labeled as the leader, even though he's maybe just one of the leaders. Right, and yeah. And so... Yeah. He, he doesn't really even have, like... He didn't really even have, like, total control over that entire army, like, you know, like you would see 
in a traditional, like a Roman legion hierarchy, because they, when he wanted to go across the Alps, his his guy said no. His guy said, well, we don't... Oh, we right. Wanna, they basically turned back around to keep fighting. Yeah, yeah we want to keep fighting the Romans. Yeah, so I, I, I think that that's And probably, he didn't abandon them at that point. You would think if, if he would just be like, all right, well, you guys go do that. I'm getting out of here. Right. So I guess, I don't know if that's good or bad that he... Well, he probably didn't have the authority to force them to keep going. Right. But the fact that he didn't decide to just split off from them, I guess, is kind of interesting, too. Um, but, yeah, we just don't know enough about it because, I mean, there's, I mean, yeah, it's so long ago, not enough written about it. This one, I think, I feel like we do agree, although I didn't necessarily disagree on the last one. I just didn't expect it to go that way. But uh, I'm a strong Cleopatra here. I am, too. Yeah, okay. I am, too. I, I think she she's going to be tough to beat in this whole region i think yeah she she's she's one of my favorites yeah 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 because of staying power because of just the just the crazy amount of stuff that she was involved in in her life that we still know about and talk about today like the snake by suicide even though that probably wasn't actually a snake bite she probably actually stuck herself with something poisonous and the people found the body with the little mark in it and they thought it was a snake and there was no snake on the scene but it's still a fun story and things like right. that. right and it's just it's cr- like she was had a kid with Julius Caesar, and that's like not even the most interesting. No one, people don't even know that about her, right? Because it's so <laughs> low down on the list of interesting things about her. And we haven't talked about yeah. how how inbred she is. <laughs> and I don't mean that as an insult. She's just the Ptolemies were essentially the Targaryens, or I guess I should say, because it wasn't actually a Greek or Macedonian thing. The Egyptians were very inbred with their royalty, and the Ptolemies actually started doing that too. So it wasn't like they brought it to Egypt. They actually got right. started doing the Egypt tradition and intermarrying within their family themselves. So yes, yeah, it's not exactly clear how it all breaks down because there's, we're not even sure on some of the yeah. things. But yes, essentially, there's siblings marrying siblings and cousins marrying cousins. Yeah. And a lot that of was, cousins and yeah. siblings and half siblings getting married to each other and siring right. heirs. Yeah. Like, it's very possible, again, they're not 100% sure on some of these, on who, you know, because the women don't get written about enough, so you don't know if her grandmother was this person or maybe this other person, but there's a good possibility her eight great-grandparents were two people. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta keep that that blood pure, dude. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So, uh... Basically, that's the first round of the first half of this region. We just kind of wanted to do two matchups, an episode here. So the Trung sisters upset Jesus, and Cleopatra handily wins over Spartacus, and they will face each other in the next round. But so just to kind of keep it kind of all over the place here, we're going to jump to the medieval on your ass region, and we'll have Joan of Arc versus the Empress Matilda. And Dracula versus Isabella of France. So thanks for listening and stay tuned.